You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show for Monday the 4th of July 2022. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the uh, last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris, Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio. We're a uh, weekly half-hour program on Community Radio 3CR, broadcasting from Naram, Melbourne. And we're about cycling, bicycles, micro-mobility, urban, urban bits and pieces, riding around on city roads, riding around on urban roads, riding around on rural roads, all sorts of stuff. And uh, on today's show, I'm going to be chatting to Paul. Uh, he's from uh, Melbourne's East, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things that are happening out in the East. And as we say in the interview, it's cycling for transport and cycling for X, not just an inner city thing, far, far, far from it. And uh, you've listened to the show for the last couple of weeks, you would have known that it was 3CR's Radiothon. And uh, news we received over the weekend about Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio and our um, target we had to make, well, you know, each show has a target to make to make the... Uh, $250,000 required to keep 3CR broadcasting and on air for another year. We have a target of uh, uh, $1,300 and uh, we made what, over 154% over our target. So we made just over $2,000 and that's fantastic because that helps other shows and other projects on 3CR. So thank you so much to all our uh, lovely listeners who donated to keep us on air and uh, Yarra Bowlesquare Users Group Radio. We've been broadcasting uh, from this very studio and the last couple of years from you know, lounges and bedrooms <laughs> like a lot of other shows. We've been doing this since 2008. Okay, so I might as well go straight into an interview with Paul and uh, have uh, some news and events afterwards, uh, some stuff from Borondara Bicycle Users Group, some news about uh, new treatments you might have seen along Gipp Street as well, and uh, probably some more bits and pieces from around the city. Imagine what it would be like to be homeless in a city under curfew and in lockdown. When your everyday life has been turned upside down and it becomes illegal to be on the street. Tune in to Homeless in Hotels. A three-part radio series giving voice to the people who went from a life on the street to a life in hotels. And the support workers experiencing the shifting ground on the front line of COVID-19. Premiering on Thursday, July 28th, 12pm to 1pm. On 3CR, 855 AM. Homeless in Hotels, a 3CR supporter.
Today I'm talking to Paul and he's involved with or has an interest in uh, things in Eltham and uh, the lack of infrastructure and the like in uh, northeast Melbourne. Obviously, a resident in the northeast, and uh, have a keen interest in cycling through the area you know, to get to work and any other sort of commuting that I want to do. And yeah, have been communicating in recent years with the Major Roads Project people a lot in relation to uh, Fitzsimons Lane Project and the, the works they were doing there, trying to have bikes included in any improvements that were made there, but uh, it hasn't been going so well. Yeah, so the Fitzsimmons Lane thing, it, it's quite interesting. What what on earth are they doing there? On a basic level, there was a rather large roundabout, a big three-way intersection uh, for those people who aren't aware about it. And they've taken the roundabout out and put in uh, traffic lights and it's gone from being sort of four lanes each way to a big six to eight lane wasteland of bitumen to get across in that area and there were different plans released going back a number of years as to what they were going to put in and a lot of people had opinions they did some community consultation Um, there was very little in in the way of bike improvements that were in the initial plans some of that appeared to have been uh, improved when they released their next round of maps and plans with some on-road bike lanes but didn't really provide for traffic going in all directions in all possible directions through that that intersection and that and, and it does get a lot of use especially from road cyclists on the weekend it's as well as being the gateway for cars coming into Eltham there's a lot of road cyclists that come through either from Templestowe or from Heidelberg and come through there getting through Eltham out towards the hills so it's a big corridor for a lot of use and uh, yeah they've just sort of frustrated the pro- process a bit for those road cyclists and then you know for more um, commuter cyclists as well although there's claims that there's uh, more bike path infrastructure put in it's a bit circuitous and even the plans that have been in- implemented now uh, they've put the first layer of road down it hasn't got any of the any of the bike lanes or on-road infrastructure that they put in uh, and it's even even got one less pedestrian slash bike crossing. Yeah, it, it appears they're trying to get away with not doing much and putting out media releases or and or you know the kind of what we're used to with um, project updates with not much detail to it. What are people saying out there about this? It's like yeah, they're obviously not listening or they don't care or is it just throughput for cars? A lot of the community focus on that intersection, particularly about the large number of trees that were taken out to widen the road. Yeah, it really is. A lot of it's throughput for cars, mainly going in in those sort of two directions. It's quite wide. And then like a lot of those sort of things, a big wide intersection with bottlenecks at either exit. Even coming into Eltham, it quickly goes down from three lanes down to one. Now that they've got past the stage where it's all been built, yeah, the, the media releases are done by the the people at the top of the chain and the, the further you get into construction, you're dealing with contractors who uh, had less and less in their scope uh, in relation to any bike infrastructure. Yeah, and that's really poor in terms of you know, having that fine grain take up from your actual residents who live and work in the area. 
and as you're saying, oh, I know you know quite a few bunges and stuff with people who go out there. It's not just that; it's commuter riders as well. And with the emphasis yeah, on yeah. the show, people seem to think, oh, cycling's just some inner urban thing. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I actually, I actually live through the other side of Eltham. I see a lot of the, you know, the road bunches uh, riding up into the, you know, great riding up the other side of Eltham, anywhere between here and you know, King Lake and beyond, and different groups going up and down there. They'll still get through the intersection, especially on a Saturday or Sunday morning early in a big bunch. You can take a lane and get through fairly well. But, I mean, the other point of it is, and I've been on harping on about this around here for a while, is that that's part of uh, the principal bicycle network is that main road going right through that area for any sort of commuting it's it's really frustrated there's not a there's no bike lane to turn across I mean one of the plans did have sort of like a, a hook turn button placed on one side of the intersection there's no evidence of that continuing and even the original suggestion of crossing on a pedestrian type crossing on two sides of the intersection is is now taken away because the the crossing in that intersection only goes across on on one of the three uh, arms of it. So it's um, incredibly frustrating. A special winter concert to celebrate NADOC week. John Yamperman and First Nations singer-songwriter Piritu. Brett Lee's music is gentle, honest and from the heart. Thursday, the 7th of July, 6 till 8pm at the Mount Waverley Community Centre, 47 Miller Crescent, Mount Waverley. This is a free concert, but bookings are essential. Go to Monash City Council and search festivals and events for Pitutu Winter Concert to get all the details and to make your booking. So many faces to see. Monash City Council is a 3CR supporter. Nobody here I know. So many places to be, nowhere to go. Oh, you were talking about the principal um, bicycle net thing that's been around for quite a while. If you had a look at some of the stuff to do with the strategic cycling corridors, is there anything for the yes. northeast which year which is pertinent to what? you're looking at it's interesting uh, a few years ago the map follow the you know the, the published map of the cycling corridor followed the road through eltham and across to templestowe through fitzsimons lane and across to lower plenty along the rest of main road or lower plenty road the most recent sort of published copy had moved the network map through eltham onto the dot well it looked like it was onto the diamond creek trail but they'd actually just drawn it up in line with the actual creek itself that's the communication I've had from the roads minister at the time was certainly that the Diamond Creek path is there and that would be the, the commuting corridor to get through Eltham and those areas. Now, while the Diamond Creek path is quite nice for a leisurely ride, it's still, you know, yeah, 20% yeah. further. It's just um, bizarre how, again, there's this kind of complete oversight when it comes to cycling infrastructure when plenty of feedback is given. And they just see, you think there's silo mentality with some of the big project or the big build stuff, or what do you think's going on? I mean, the other one that we've had here is the um, partial duplication of the railway line between Greensboro and Montmorency, which yep. is in, in the area. For a long time, that was there, and, and 
my first question, as it always is, well, this is a major transport project and in line with the cycling strategy, where's the cycling infrastructure going in with it? And that has now you know, recently been announced that they're going to put a, uh, an off-road path in between Greensboro and Montmorency, which is great. But then the, a lot of the, the online feedback on that straight off is, firstly, why wasn't it there as part of the initial scope? But also it's, it's going to be a great path, but accessing it at either end isn't, uh, <laughs> isn't really good. It's more of a destination than a, than a point of travel. Somebody pointed out that at the Greensboro end, you cross over the uh, the Plenty River path and have to go onto the road and across a, a foot crossing to connect to you know one of the other main oh, paths in the God. area. Where are they getting their feedback from? It's not just the subcontractors or the contractors at the end of this process. There's something definitely going wrong with communication in terms of what people want in their area. Where do you, where do yeah. you see the, where do you see the weakness points in this? I think it's sort of an outer urban development mentality, I guess. I think each council step you move away from the, the inner city, you go back about 10 years in cycling infrastructure thinking. We're now around, you know, anywhere closer than or it's, you know, in around Northgood or you know, Darabin or Yarra councils, you get mm. paths that start to link up and on-road uh, lanes that you know go through traffic intersections. Here is still sort of, what I call the lazy infrastructure is they'll put a bike lane in and it'll be on the part of the road that's already wide enough and it'll run out just before the intersection because they've put a, a left-hand or right-hand turn lane in and taken up all the road with that. Yeah, it's it's all about, well, we're going to put some something in for bikes. Well, we'll put a path in and uh, and that counts. And you know, we've got the Diamond Creek path that we now goes out to Hurstbridge is a, is a great path to use even for some transport because it you know runs down a, a flat part of of the area uh in the valley but uh that's sort of it the linking off of it to get anywhere else is especially at the ultimate end, quite problematic to sort of end up stuck on a footpath instead of following a link all the way through Hi, I'm John Harding. Happy NAIDOC Week, everybody. I want you all to join me for a special presentation, NAIDOC Saturday, the 9th of July. A radio adaptation of The Dirty Mile, a play I wrote in conjunction with Gary Foley and Kylie Belling. It's a walk down Koori Fitzroy. Come and listen to the history, the characters, the events, the organisations and the people who made up the community of the Fitzroy Blacks. Grab a cuppa, put your feet up, have a laugh, a cry and a walk down Dirty Gertie, Gertrude Street, with me and my friends. The Dirty Mile is being broadcast NAIDOC Saturday, 5.30pm, 9th of July, on the Let Your Freak Flag Fly show. Always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. Cos where do we go from here, Paul, with um, getting better provision? Is it like, you know, the, the linking up sort of thing we're getting with the strategic cycling corridors or, as you say, 
as you go one one council out each time, it's go back a couple of decades in mentality. How can yeah. we get this sorted? Organising ourselves? Is it keeping an eye on council, keeping an eye on some of these big builds? Because they get away with a lot of stuff because you probably would notice with some of the level crossing things, uh, some of the walking and cycling stuff has been subpar. Yeah, it's got to be just keeping at them. I mean, I sort of got heavily involved a few years ago. I started a, a petition about a, an on-road cycle lane, got a, a lot of support, and a lot of it was through other friends and, and mainly road cyclists who often are perceived as quite happily, happy to use the road as it is. So I think that's just making people aware that it, you know, it's useful, accessible, and just yeah, keeping on with all of the, the local stakeholders and, and politicians. I think slowly as a green or independent wave of, of some candidates sort of moves out from the inner city as well, some of those things seem to move along a little bit better. Remember, I, I work in the Fairfield, Northcote area, when that state seat became a bit more marginal, some, you know, some more work got done on some of the, the infrastructure around the, the Darabin Creek and some of those things got ironed out. I know, it's still, I know there's still problems with access. So, yeah, similar thing. Uh, I guess slowly people work out that it's, it's got to be better and it's got to be connected. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We've got to take our opportunities when they turn up. And we've got, uh, we've got a state election coming up. Do you see anything uh, interesting here? I think there's still a bit of a scope to sort of put a bit more pressure on on some of those things. I mean, the the funding for the the path between Greensboro and Montmorency was announced partially federally at the last election uh, we had just a few months ago. So hopefully there's some more coming out to complete the rest of it right through to to Eltham. I know that was suggested by an opposition candidate last year. So it's, uh, that's sometimes a, a way to get a, a few more things noticed and a bit more action on, on those areas. Just lobby all levels of government and see if we can get some action out of some of them. Do you have people get in touch with you or keep up to date with local projects in the northeast and councils and the like? Yeah, I sort of I post a few things on my on my Twitter account, which is Eltham Bike Lanes. I think just try and engage with other other people who are riding in, like I said before, whether you know recreationally or the road riders, and yeah, and and come out and have a ride through those areas. Like I said, the the path all the way to Hurstbridge now is another pleasant path to go along. The only other big path that's on the horizon is you know, related to the northeast link. And that'll end up along the freeway, which isn't as pleasant to ride along. So, I mean, I just follow the, you know, their updates with the Good Simons Lane stuff. And the, this end, they're sort of saying they're finished. So I'll, mm. uh, if I get any other feedback either way, I sort of I put that through the, the Twitter thing that I just sort of started to keep engaging, mainly mm. engaging the, the politicians a little bit as well and keeping that up after the petition I had, which got a lot more interest than I thought. So. You know yourself, you start building your little contact lists and keeping an eye on stuff that's happening in the area and you just gradually build momentum up. The Darabin Path I use occasionally to get up and down if I'm going somewhere else into sort of Bundura area there. And But, yeah, there's still, there's still the little glitches where things just don't quite link up or you sort of run out of lanes to, uh, to get you know, across town or things like that. It's getting there, so that's good.
Have you had your COVID-19 booster vaccine? The Murdoch Children's Research Institute, located at Royal Children's Hospital, are looking for people aged 18 years or older who have not yet received a COVID-19 booster vaccine to participate in the COVID-19 booster trial. You will either be given a standard or reduced dose Pfizer or Moderna booster and you will receive your antibody test results. For more information, contact covid.booster at mcri.edu.au. The Murdoch Children's Research Institute is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Yarra Bosque Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, Naram, Melbourne. And thank you to Paul from Eltham Bike Lines for a chat about what's happening at Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons Lane. Uh, get that right. Yeah, you know, if there's something stuck in your head and you think you know how you should pronounce it and you don't. You can always relearn or learn more information. Or if things have been stuck in your head for too long, maybe uh, maybe you should do some more reading about uh, what is happening or your geography of Melbourne, to put it bluntly. Now, July. July is a big month for people into cycling because we're watching the Tour de France. Now, well, many of us are. But there's another thing that's happening, which is Eurobike. And that's a huge uh, bike show in Europe. But part of that, from uh, July 13th to 17th, they have uh, presenting the future of mobility. And this is some of the stuff I I like to read through. Uh, I'll see, this is going to be actually exhibitors. But it'd be good to see if there's papers or further things you can read about. And uh, on this uh, thing of uh, Eurobike, the following main topics are planned e-mobility and e-mobility solutions, climate protection and sustainability, urban mobility, digitisation and service, multi-mode and intermode offers, infrastructure. Now, these are just the titles, but it's amazing, and well, not amazing, it's actually just commonplace what is discussed at a bike show. And... Uh, well, we have a thing here in Australia that we're still predominantly sport-based. I mean, I've got nothing against it. You know, as a disclosure, I'm I'm involved with a, a cycling club. Uh, but there's the huge uptake that still can happen and still going on with cycling for transport. And as as a thing that interests me great is the multi-mode thing. It's like travelling by urban rail into the city and using bike rental for the last mile. This combination of public transport, network and bicycle has a future. What Eurobike in Frankfurt is propagating and recommending is the practical solution for visitors. Travelling to the show, being taken to the next level. New cooperation, opportunities and digital interfaces taking centre stage. (sighs) With uh, Australia, what are we doing? Um, Still scratching around with what is possible or pushback or what you can actually, you know, can you retrofit a carriage or a bus or that sort of thing. It's still the options or the capacity here is still not happening. And this is why I like to have a look at some of the stuff that's happening overseas, especially things like infrastructure. Tomorrow's mobility needs new infrastructure. This only not, this not only involves a major role in flowing traffic, but also stationary vehicles, the urban landscape, 
has to change and create more parking parking spaces for bicycles and their alternatives. Micro hubs for parcel services and the delivery of the future will play a crucial role. This is where innovations and fresh ideas belong. I uh, go back, I think, six years ago, City of Melbourne had last kilometre logistics. I don't know if there's been any update to it since then. That was a kind of a conference and seminar sort of thing they put on. There was great potential in the CBD network and or the grid, I should say, and you know, things further out around uh, your suburban hubs. But again, Melbourne, we're still based around cars, but we are, as you, if you live around the inner suburbs, you'll be seeing more and more and more e-cargo bikes and the like. Now, on to uh, some local news that... Um, if you be if you're right along Gipp Street, we now have a couple of protected intersections, and this would be great for whenever, <laughs> you know, kind of leading up to the next bit of infrastructure, which might just be the uh, Gipp Street protected oh no protected ramps. Oh, I'm just getting ahead of myself here. The the ramps that will uh, eventually replace the steps down there, which give many people a nice cardio workout when you're getting across Collins Bridge. But if you're in the inner city region and in uh, Abbotsford, go and have a look. Uh, Streets Alive have put out a video on that, and it's just great to see that we're getting these, you know, it's similar to what's in Lansdowne in East Melbourne, you know, these have the, you know, the Pioneer Project, whatever. Uh, with protected intersections, and it gradually starts becoming the template for other parts of bicycle infrastructure. Now, on to our friends at Burundara Bicycle Users Group. Now, they've got a bit of a problem there at the moment, is that they've, as mentioned on the show a couple of times, they have a bicycle strategy. They're trying to get their actual council to uh, accept this bicycle strategy, and they're concerned that there's a uh, the services the Borodara services delegated committee is meeting on the 11th of July 2022 to consider the council officers report on the Borodara bicycle strategy and this is off their blog. Uh, Borodara bicycle users group is concerned that suggested amendments to the draft strategy and implementation and this is on page 24 will prevent the construction of a safe cycling route for students to get to schools including Balwa North Primary. Greythorn Primary, Baldwin High and Q High. Um, this route was included in the previous drafts of the Bicycle Strategy Implementation Plan. It is unfortunate that the misinformation has been spread around about this route being unsafe and a busy commuter route when it will provide students the opportunity to ride safely for, to school and for people to access several uh, local recreation reserves by bike. The trail would also suit pedestrians of all ages and dog walkers. We are surprised that several key findings of the uh, community and stakeholder engagement report, page 33, are negative towards cycling when there are many examples of shared paths such as, well, you know it, but, uh, this is my own words, yep, Anniversary Trail, Kuyong Trail, Main Yarra Trail and Derebin Creek Trail, providing good amenity to both bicycle riders and walkers. Um, over 321 people have now signed our petition asking for Burundara Council to improve the original draft bicycle strategy and implementation plan and Burundara uh, considers these versions should be adopted. Now, what they're asking for is that uh, Burundara 
recommends that Burundi Council provide bicycle infrastructure that is commensurate with the vision in the strategy, page 65, and on par or better than bicycle infrastructure in the neighbouring local government areas of Yarra, Melbourne, Stonington, Derriband, Monash and Whitehorse. I love a bit of healthy um, um, competitive spirit and, you know, if someone else has got better stuff than us, let's just try and get it. So what can you do? You can contact all Boroondara councils via phone and email and let them know. And uh, I'll put all the details of that into the podcast description and that's at boroondarabug.org. Is it AU? I'll just try and work that out. It's org. So... That's some information that you may be interested in. I hope everybody out there is getting enough sleep during the day from uh, sitting up and watching Le Tour. I certainly enjoyed the stuff going through uh, Denmark. I enjoyed watching going over the um, the great... Uh, I've just forgotten the name. It's not the bridge from the TV series. It's you know one of these m- massive, massive 18-kilometre connecting bridges and I just can't remember the name of it and I should but anyway that was a a lovely bit of eye candy on uh, Saturday night Ah, so today's podcast should be up later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts and today at 11 o'clock we have Beyond the Bars and that's going to be for NADOC week and uh, today we will from the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre in Deer Park. So listen to that at 11 o'clock and uh, I should be back in probably about a fortnight. So enjoy today. It's lovely and sunny out there. It's just lovely to see some clear weather. You can get out and have a roll without worrying about too much blustery winds or the rest of it. And enjoy your day. And here we go with the bicycle versing. Kelly. Laughing at your jokes like an actress. So funny. Pouring up my heart on your mattress. Like honey, yeah, I say I'll give you all I got. But then again, I leave after breakfast. Full tummy. Let's 
3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.